to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Making Disciples for Life, mm-hmm. the emphases of the, uh, the coming out of the LCMS convention, the LCMS Office of National Mission, and what um, many of us have been doing for our entire vo- vocation as, as church workers. <laughs> <laughs> well then. <laughs> Uh, that's that's, that that's what we are about as the church. I mean, you know, we also have a strong emphasis on evangelism and outreach as well. Um, but what does that mean uh, when one hears the gospel and uh, they they then are, we want them to continue to receive those good gifts for life. And so how do we go about doing that? And what role do directors of Christian education play in that? Um, some of the, the uh, team from the National Association of Directors of Christian Education in St. Louis this week had the chance to sit down and talk with them. And in the studio this week, Andrew Nelson and Shelley Haynes. Andrew serves in St. Louis area and Shelley serves in Southern California. Thank you both for being here and Thank being you. a part of the coffee hour. You're welcome. It's a joy to be here. It is a joy. What, what role do DCEs play in making disciples for life? What is a director of Christian education? Now, you're going to duke it out. Who who gets to answer that? Andrew, it looks like Shelley's pointing to you. Yeah, that sounds good. So a director of Christian education, um, there's a couple things to focus on that were lifespan educators that were trained in team ministry in a congregational setting. So we've got a place uh, in the congregation to work alongside pastors, to work alongside uh, volunteers, to even work in and with uh, our staff at a school, if we have a school or not. Um, But we are trained in education and uh, the team ministry aspect. So that's a very unique position we find ourselves in, and it's a joy to be in ministry together with others teaching the faith. Mm-hmm. That's a, you said lifespan. So I'm, I'm not a DCE, full disclosure. I am very outnumbered today. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> happens. Do you have any kind of letters? Um, not currently, no. So need some I letters. To, I know, I need to get some letters. <laughs> um, like you have. Um, but a lifespan educator, that, I mean, obviously that covers a very broad spectrum of of teaching of education of education uh, theory and how you actually educate people so what what is the 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 actual practice the, the boots on the ground i guess kind of um, practice that actually goes into being a lifespan educator as a dce it's cradle to grave i we i think we really have the benefit of being researchers for early childhood um, for developmental practices uh Really, we work within the context of the family as well, because many families are, you know, they're struggling to understand how life and faith intersect with the family that they have at any given phase and also with grandparents. Um, So we really are blessed, I think, to be able to do Bible study and walk with families, whether they're grand grandparent families or whether they're uh, students like we normally are sort of labeled with. But but parents, don't you find you're working with a ton of parents? I do a lot of resourcing parents um, just in what books might be helpful for their stage of life or podcasts or websites or or just practices of of how to sort of navigate that. Um, And one way I I do that in my setting is we send out a weekly encouragement for families, uh, preschool, uh, elementary, high school, college and and beyond with uh, interesting blogs that I've seen or stories or things of the faith, uh, articles, books, those types of things that families can look at every week or not. 
um, they do tend to look at them. We can track the clicks. So we're seeing that they're <laughs> engaging, and then and then watching them dive in, and then walking with them as they have questions. It's 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 really fun. Ooh, you brought up a good point. Uh, you said tracking the clicks. <laughs> How and that that alludes to using technology mm-hmm. um, for this this noble task of of teaching and uh, and equipping and supporting um, parents and, and and teaching youth and teaching well teaching people of all ages. How has this? How has te- technology impacted this this work of directors of Christian Christian education? How does it help you in the the work that you do? Um, that man that opened a whole can of worms there when you said yeah because clicks. it can be it's great it's amazing gets a, a lot of information out quickly um, in in an easy way and technology has made everything vastly uh, challenging right yeah yeah but there's <laughs> I mean, a there's a great uh, there's still a great value to being in community together face to face gathered around the word. Um, the ability to use facial expressions and yes. body language and all of our communication. But the reality is that for many of our families, that time is is valuable and they don't have it. It's mm-hmm. not a commodity that a lot of families deal with. And so um, when we can't use our programming or our other opportunities on site to have families, technology allows us to go to them where they are. Mm-hmm. And they may not be able to come to a devotion or be there uh, for a program, but they they have a captive time when they're waiting for 20 minutes for soccer practice to be over to read a devotion or mm-hmm. read a blog or have conversation pieces. And so the technology has allowed us to get to our families and our parents and even our teenagers and children in a way that um, we couldn't before. As as crazy as it might be or as negative as it might be mm-hmm. when it's overused or abused uh, when it's used well it's a wonderful tool for discipleship it can really leverage relationship and i think relationship and discipleship are uh they go hand in hand if you can use technology to leverage relationship and to create and build and or undergird an authentic relationship discipleship then uh is facilitated in a way that just programming will never get to. We can't program our way into discipleship, but we relationally walk with people like Jesus walked with us and walked with the disciples. It's a it's a leveraging point technology. Mm-hmm. How do you use your your skills, your your background, uh, your all the knowledge as a DCE? Um, how do you use that to to facilitate relationships? Because that that is you make it sound like they impart like all kinds exactly. of m- miraculous hey. knowledge in college. <laughs> I don't know is what it is. It's a mind meld. <laughs> I'm not a DCE. I don't know how it works. Well, I think it's great. Um, you having conversations with our board of directors this this week. We're all at different stages and different ministry places. And so we don't all have inherent skills in the same area. We don't all have passions in the same areas. But technology obviously allows education to be different. Um, Communication, it increases the availability for communication. And I think one of the best things about being in team ministry, um, oftentimes people think that means pastor and a commissioned worker or multiple pastors or multiple workers are in a team, but we're in a team with volunteers. Mm-hmm. We're in a team with the people uh, who are in ministry with us. And so if I don't work well with younger children, I've got people in my congregation who have greater amounts of education and skills and passions. And so I'm able to connect with them and empower them and equip them to be doing ministry mm-hmm. um, so that 
I can focus on being a director and not a doer by identifying those people, lifting them up and releasing them to uh, teach and to invest and to focus on the relationship aspect with this group of kids or this age group that maybe I don't have time or energy or uh, I don't mesh with in quite the same way as, as somebody else in the congregation would. Recognizing the, the, the changing lifestyle of families, the changing needs of families today, the way that the, the families function. You know, Andrew, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, families having just the, the way we communicate with one another and families having that a captive 20 minutes before soccer practice or before soccer game or something like that. Um, how is it important to, to, to really pay attention to how families function and how families live and grow and serve together today? How does that make a difference in what you do, Shelley? I don't over-program. I think there was a time when I began ministry that if I was having a clean out the, the storage closet day, there'd be three or four kids that would come because it was a Tuesday and they didn't have anything else to do. I don't know if there's many kids that there's a Tuesday and they don't have anything else to do or a parent. So recognizing that the time is precious, like Andrew was saying, making the the events we do at church, the the times we intersect and interact meaningful, cultivating a relationship. It, those things are high points on a li- on a, a reason why I would do an event versus what I would say no to. Because there's lots of things that we could do that would be very great, but they won't hit everybody and they almost could be overkill. A family might need desperately to be able to talk about faith issues at home. And if I'm working on let's have a pie sale, which might be very good for us to do, it's not maybe getting the need to where a family is at um, in their own context. And the way you know that is both by understanding what the national trends are, but also understanding where your families are. Where are your families struggling? Having the ability to be authentic and say, this is where I'm at with my family. What's it like for you? On our staff, all of us um, in the youth and family department, all of us take families and kids out regularly to meet for coffee or tea, or we have like a coffee cart on the patio on a Wednesday morning before chapel. And we will intentionally go and chat with parents and see how is it going? What's going on? What's, what's some ways we can serve you? The amount of families that have just looked at us and said, do you have anything for this? Or could you pray for me? I'm going through this and don't tell anyone. And then we say, you know, you and five other families, let's get you guys talking. And sometimes that's really Mm -hmm. beneficial. So we have just about another minute, but I know that Andrew, in in your context, um, during Lent, you saw a need for young families. Um, Can you sum it up in just about a minute for us? Absolutely, (laughs) I can. Um, We we saw a need that our younger families, mine included, could not stay for the 7 p.m. worship service without disastrous behavioral <laughs> effects. And we leveraged our 6 p.m. soup supper by creating what we call family room devotion time. And it's uh, 30 minutes before our soup supper, which would allow the fellowship time of our soup supper to follow an interactive um, sensory worship experience that was for families with younger kids, led by families with younger kids, which allowed uh, our kids to be uh, singing praises, hearing the gospel, interacting with it, and our families to be helping to deliver that message to their own children under the supervision of our staff. Um, And then after soup supper to be able to go home and get into pajamas and bed at a reasonable time. And it's been a blessing to our families at our church. And what I saw in that really was modeling what they could do in family devotions at home too. Uh, You know, what they could do as a family at home, um, not just in Lent, but throughout the rest of the year as well. 
We're all out of time. Oh. I know. It goes so quickly. <laughs> Thank you both for being here. Andrew Nelson, DCE serving in the St. Louis area. Shelly Haynes, DCE serving in Southern California. Thank you so much for being Thank our guest you. on the Coffee You're Hour welcome. today. Thanks for having us. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.